Welcome to the Matters of Motherhood podcast, where business and motherhood meet. This is the place to get real about your business, find the balance of parenting, and have fun doing it. If you are ready to take your business seriously and move from hustle to freedom, then you have found your tribe. Join your host, email marketing strategist, techie guru, and Disney lover, Sabrina Budwell. Hey there, Mama. I am so excited for today's podcast guest because she has so much fantastic information that is just going to blow your socks off when it comes to communicating in your marriage and with your potential clients so that you can actually be making the sale. So she's going to give us some amazing things that we can use on our daily basis in our marriage, with our kids, and in our business. So don't miss any of what Hilder Sam has to say in this episode of The Matters of Motherhood. Okay, everybody, welcome to The Matters of Motherhood. So we are introducing Hilder Sam, and Hilder is a relationship communication coach who is passionate about relationship communication, conflict resolution, and teaching her clients how to take their communication to the next level. She's a certified mediator and graduated with her BA in communication studies in 2017. Hilder, has been married for five years and has two adorable boys who are three and eight months. So you are right in the stick of all of it, just like most of us with little kids around. So kind of tell us about your business and what made you decide to become a relationship coach in the first place? Yeah. um, Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be chatting with you. Um, I'm excited to be talking to somebody who knows about a different side of business for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it is a little bit of a different side. Um, I actually got started. So after I graduated, I kind of wanted to share what I, what I found out and learned. So um, I started a blog and I had no idea that there was this whole world of coaches online. Um, And I randomly joined, um, I joined a group that had a lot of coaches and um, service-based entrepreneurs and somebody on there one day as I was scrolling through kind of interested in um, reading the posts, I saw someone mention relationship communication and no relationship coaching. And it was like a a flip. It was like a switch (laughs) was flipped in my head. I, I immediately thought, that's what I should be doing. I should be coaching couples on relationship communication. Um, and it, it kind of just made sense for me because I was so passionate about writing these things to help people, but I felt like I wasn't able to help them, help them um, in depth enough with my blog. So I wanted to kind of be able to make more of a difference and obviously monetizing a blog is also um, pretty difficult, Yeah. If you, you know, depending on your niche and stuff. So, so I thought that was kind of a, a better and more direct way of actually offering 
uh, premier service that people would be would be happy to you know pay for and and want to learn more about because um, communication is something that that everybody has to deal with no matter who you are what you do so so that's kind of how it it got rolling and then you know for the next several months i i kind of started to niche down on what i really wanted to to talk about um in regards to communication to those couples that i help yeah so what are some of those things that you talked about with your clients so like let's say somebody's really interested in getting their communication together with their husband and they get on a free call with you what are some of those things that they're going to you're going to talk about with them so well first of all i i like hearing from people what their struggles are so i can kind of you know personalize it no two even though we no two couples are the same even though we all have um a lot of people have similar issues obviously everyone's is going to be um unique so i don't have like a one size fits all um solution that everyone can apply to the relationship because everyone is different but what i really like to start out with is finding out about yours and your spouse's or partner's communication style um, you can do that by taking some personality tests you can you know do some real self-reflection um, personality tests like the the myers-briggs type indicator mm -hmm. um, they have free versions of that online that I always recommend people take. And, you know, there's a bunch of others, um, like the five love languages and you can use Enneagram and there's, there's a lot of tests that you can, you can, um, take to kind of just get an understanding of, you know, I recommend that you read your results and then you also read your partner's results so you can, you can get that feel for how different you guys are what you deal with differently and and what you deal with similarly um for example me and my husband we are actually complete opposites on the um on the myers-briggs type indicator so we have to focus a lot on using um using the strengths of each personality type rather than focus on the weaknesses and kind of you know get stuck in a rut of of arguing about something because we see things from a different different perspective so yeah communication styles i would say is the first thing that i would i, I address and then you know forming the healthy habits like listening skills um arguing effectively making sure that you talk about your communication um, those are all things that I, I go over with my couples and, and try to make, make them, um, make them see the benefits of doing that. Very cool. So I know you mentioned some of those communication techniques. Are there any that somebody could take today and say, let's say that their husband is not on the same page as them and they want to start doing it on their side without necessarily saying hey take this test so we can figure out where <laughs> where we are um but we will link all of those in below in the show notes so that you can if you want to take the myers break or any of the other ones that she mentioned those will be there for you so what are some of those techniques that let's say that my husband and i are fighting that i could use today 
to really try and deflate that argument? Yeah, so I, I actually offer um, not only the couples coaching, but you can also come, come to me as one part of the couple. And, you know, I mean, change starts somewhere. It has to start with at least one person. And if the other person isn't on board yet, that's okay. You can still work on, on your part to make your relationship better. And um, um, as far as, you know, if, if you came to me, you're like, I'm having this problem with my husband, we're arguing, I don't know how to deal with it. I would probably tell you to, um, to really think about, okay, this specific argument that you're having right now, um, what is your goal with that argument? What do you want out of it? Um, are you looking for an apology? Are you looking for, is he looking for an apology maybe? Um, so kind of like go back and try to figure out what you guys are trying to get out of it. And then you can talk about it. Cause a lot of the time we, we kind of go into arguments with, you know, we go in hot, um, with our emotions going high and, and we don't really think about, um, what we actually, how we want it to end. Yeah. What will make this argument end? Um, I think that's, that's one of the things that, um, really helps, you know, manage those conflicts. So I think that will be step one. And, Another thing that I actually, I actually implemented myself, um, I started doing this consciously, was to be more grateful to, toward my husband, um, notice the little things that he does and try to thank him for something every day. And when I started doing that, he, I think it was un, unwittingly that he did it, that he started to imitate it. So he started doing the same for me, even though, you know, we never talked about that we were going to be more appreciative or anything like that. It was just something that I started with myself. And then he obviously, you know, he noticed it on a subconscious level and started doing the same. And I think that's something that really made us, um, made us stronger. Yeah, that's really cool that he started emulating the gratitude to you. So yes. you were able to really change your relationship from a one-sided thing. Because I think a lot of women, they get discouraged, especially when they get into business and they have all of these new things happening and their husbands are not necessarily on the same page all the time of, okay, how do I make this? How do I make my marriage work? How do I make my business work? How do I wrangle my kids at the same time? And hold all those hats in, in one container for sure. Yeah. Being able to see the gratefulness of what your spouse does. Cause I mean, we're all doing things that are good. Like moms are taking care of the kiddos or they're going to work and dads are going to work or, you know, we have to work together on making a whole family nucleus work. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So having all of this experience that you have now and being able to see into other couples lives if you could go back to your younger self 
how would you prepare yourself for marriage and the constant communication that it needs to be that needs to be taking place? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, oh my God, there are so many things that you you learn not only with time and experience, but also you know through through my uh, through the conflict resolution or the mediation that I did. Um, there were some really good things about you know, arguing and stuff that I wish I would have known sooner. Um, for example, well, the communication styles, knowing, you know, knowing that what we talked about earlier would have been great <laughs> from the get-go. Yeah. So that's something that I would definitely recommend if, you know, if you just started dating someone or if you're, if you're engaged or something like that, um, really try to get to know the other person's um, motivation, I guess. And um, I think forming healthy habits early on is really important. So things like the gratitude, um, really working on your listening skills. That's, I think that's something that you really wanna, wanna have on point. Um, because if you can't listen to your partner and really hear what they want and, you know, understand their motivations, then the conversation is kind of a mood point to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's the healthy habits, um, like the, you know, like what I mentioned about the gratitude and then listening skills, I think is absolutely imperative. Awesome. So let's say that they're not listening really well. Most people don't understand how to listen because they think that because they're hearing what the words are coming in, that they're yeah. really listening. Yeah. Um, how would you suggest people learn how, relearn how to listen well? Well, you know, as we all know, like we all know on an intellectual level what to do. Like listening and hearing is not the same thing listening is really taking it in what your partner is saying and really understanding it versus hearing is just the biological act of hearing something you know you hear the clock ticking you hear the tv you hear the buzz of the you know whatever is going on um but what you really want to do is first and foremost you want to limit distractions you want to eliminate the distractions of you know whether you're scrolling through your phone you know I know people think that they can multitask mm -hmm. they can be you know oh I'm just you know replying to my my friend here on Facebook you know but I'm, I still hear you mm -hmm. yeah you might hear that the person is talking to you but you're not listening and really comprehending what they're saying so you definitely when you're having an actual conversation, put down your phone, put it face down somewhere so you cannot look at it. Turn off the TV, close the laptop, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, because it just also, as the person that's talking, it doesn't feel good to have someone, you know, you're trying to tell someone something important and you know their heart isn't really in it when they're scrolling through their phone or they're, you know, watching football or whatever it is. Yeah, they're only half there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
And so I think eliminating distractions is the number one thing. And then focusing your attention after that. And one thing that works really well is to summarize what the other person says. So let's say that you're telling me about something that happened at work um, and you're really upset about it. So after I hear you out, um, I might say, okay, so you're upset because your coworker didn't do what they told you they were gonna do. And you know that got you in trouble with your boss, which made you feel this kind of way. And then when I am done summarizing, you can then come back and correct anything that I might have heard um, or you know not really gotten, or you yeah. might you might say, yes, that's exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. And that makes you feel good because you know that you're understood. And that makes, you know, the listener feel good because they're contributing to the conversation. Yeah, so, it's like those songs where some people hear one lyrics and other people hear another lyrics coming back yes. and being like, okay, what were you actually trying to say? <laughs> I know, I always think of that one that uh, sounds like it's saying, walk the cat box. Walk so, the cat box, <laughs> what's that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to put a link to the video in it and you'll have to, people who are listening to it will have to let us know what you're hearing because it's an interesting one to where you hear it on the radio and you're like what <laughs> oh goodness yes I've had so many misheard lyrics I am the worst at lyrics I swear <laughs> yeah so I mean then this is the same case when your kids are in the room of hey you know maybe take a moment, put the kids to bed or go into a different room and then talk about what's going on yeah. instead of trying to, you know, have an argument in the midst of your kids screaming or playing or saying, Hey mom, I need X, Y, and Z right now because, you know, they don't understand that sometimes mommy and daddy need that time to talk through some things. Yes. And uh, yeah, and you're right. It definitely makes it harder having those little voices um, adding to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if your, your kids do this, but um, me and my husband will be discussing something and, you know, we're not even arguing. We're just, um, I don't know how to word it. Uh, like trying to get on the same page. Yeah, creative differences or something. Yeah. <laughs> and our three-year-old will be like, guys, guys, stop, don't talk so loud. <laughs> and we're like, it's fine. We're, we're, we're not talking loud. We're not arguing. But even that, just the perception that he, he gets, of you know, we don't want him thinking that we're arguing. So it's better to just do it when he's not listening in the first place. Yeah, for sure. My four-year-old's all about that. Or she'll say, she'll decide who's right. Oh, say, okay. Mom's right on this one. Daddy, you need to listen. <laughs> like we were just having a conversation about Alexa because I always, I joke that Alexa listens about as well as my children do. And <laughs> half the time I'm like, Alexa, and she'll be like, nothing. And <laughs> my four-year-old sitting there looking at the little box saying, Alexa, you're in trouble. You're gonna go in timeout. Because you're not listening. 
That's oh, disobeying. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that she cares, but it's excellent <laughs> when you're having those conversations, whether it's with your husband, your other kids, or something silly like an electronic. They're like, okay, I'm getting this. I'm starting to really understand how this communication thing works. So I think that if we can really model like what you were talking about of how to listen mm-hmm. and even with our kids saying, okay, I understand that you're having a tantrum because you feel this way mm-hmm. of trying to really understand them, then it, we could make a whole new generation of like really good listeners and people who are really going to understand each other instead of, oh, you said this, that means that end of story. I'm right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another way to put it is, I forget what the, there's a saying about this, but it goes some, somehow like you want to listen to understand, not listen to respond. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the, one of the, um, <laughs> one of the hard things that men often have because they are, they're very solution oriented. They want to solve things that they like if they hear a problem their instinct is to solve it versus you know us as girlfriends we might talk about something back and forth without really discussing a solution yeah um we're just talking about it to vent and get it out Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you've had this with your husband but i definitely have had this with my husband and heard this from many other couples that um the wife just wants to get something out yeah and instead of really instead of really having to discuss a solution she just wants to get it out and know that she's heard and understood but the husband is trying to do his best to listen and solve the problem which is not what the wife wanted in the first place um and there's this there's this great video that i think um i think you should link to as well it's called um it's not about the nail it's like a a two minute video on on youtube and it just describes this dilemma perfectly um so i would definitely recommend it's it's pretty funny i would definitely recommend watching that and maybe showing your husband because um, I think you would both get a laugh out of it. Oh yeah, my husband's all about videos, so he'll be like, "Yes, we're watching something on YouTube." <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely an issue that I see a lot, especially when we were first married. I was like, I, now I just say, I don't want you to fix it. I just yes. shut up and listen. <laughs> exactly, and that is a that is an important part of you know communication that you have realized yourself right there, is to let him know. I don't need a fix. I don't need a solution. I just need you to hear me, hear me out. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I think as women, I don't, for me personally, as an A personality and a business owner, sometimes I just need to hear myself say it. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I know what the solution is because I've been able to get it outside of just my head. Yeah. And sometimes your husband just needs to be that sounding board of, okay, this is something that I can say to you and figure out. Um, but for some of those situations, 
for when you're in business for yourself, like most of the women listening are, do you suggest putting all of that on your husband? Do you suggest getting into a group to where you can talk with people? How would you suggest that to people? Do you mean the, uh, the business specifics? Yeah. So like, let's say that I'm talking with my husband about a client or a new offering that I want to put together. And my husband is not, doesn't own his own business, doesn't understand all of that. Like most people's. Um, so do you think that having him as a sounding board is necessarily a wise choice or finding some of those people outside kind of like within this group that we're trying to cultivate within the matters of motherhood to maybe find a business friend and say, Hey, I have this great idea. Do you suggest kind of doing a little bit of both kind of straying towards one or the other? I think it really depends on, on, um, each couple. Um, you can certainly use your husband as a sounding board if he is, you know, down and willing to listen and, and, um, you know, that he'll provide some good feedback. If you're, you know, if your husband's the, your target audience, then yeah, you might definitely want to, want to get his feedback on it. But, um, for me, it hasn't worked out that great. (laughs) He, um, I find that, and, and I hear this from a lot of other women too, is that, you know, they, they want to be supportive and they want to, you know, get what you're doing, but they, they just don't really. (laughs) Yeah. So I find that a lot of the time I would, I would rather get feedback from, um, from one of those groups, like, you know, like the, um, the one you're cultivating or like an entrepreneur group on, on Facebook or something like that to get feedback. Um, that's where I kind of, kind of look to more than my husband, but I do tell him about stuff and sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't help at all. Um, sometimes he has, he has some great ideas that I, I, um, I, I that I end up actually using so I, I think there's not a one size fits all in this. You just kind of have to maybe try out both, see what works for you and, and uh, you know, kind of go forward with that. But I do think it's really important to have those, you know, Facebook groups to, to go to and, uh, and get some feedback from them because because there's just so many great women that have already done what you're doing or something similar and they'll have some great feedback. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's great. Cause I think that sometimes I know when I first started in business, I tended to overwhelm my husband and he was like, I don't understand how you even make money at home. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> the online yeah. space is definitely, it's still so new that I think people are confused on, okay, well, I buy stuff on Amazon and that makes sense because I'm getting a physical product. But when you do a service online, like coaching, they're like, I'm not exactly sure how you do this, but I'm glad we have the extra money. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a lot of people are like, wait, people actually pay for that? (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, and if you're not that ideal client, sometimes it seems really silly, but there's a lot of weird products out there that we buy that we're like, oh, you don't have this? And people are like, why would I buy that? And yeah. And, and that's the, like, I hear about stuff almost every day that I'm like, that is a profession. Like, wow. <laughs> like there's a market for that. And I just think it's so great that people can actually, you know, they, they find their passion, they hone in on it and, and they're able to make a living off of it. And I, I just think that's great, you know? Yeah. And I, it's amazing how many things that technology brings us together on. So that's another reason that I think communication is so important because we're really, I think a lot of people are having to reevaluate how they communicate because it's just like when you're branding yourself, you don't necessarily have the advantage of people knowing you or seeing how you're saying something. So like this podcast, people aren't seeing our gestures and how our face looks. So we have to make sure that we're actually saying what we want to say and get those words out there so that people (laughs) understand us and can take in everything that we're saying and, you know, use it. Yeah. And absolutely. I'm talking with my hands a lot, but no one's going to see that. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I know. I'm always like, I guess I'm Italian. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So if you're like us, then you can just sit here and play with your hands and (laughs) be all good. Um, But yeah, so talking about more of that business side of communication, being a mom and a business owner can come with some interesting balancing how do you suggest women handle the different parts of being a CEO over their house and a CEO over their business? Yeah. Well, can I get back to you on that one? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there, there are definitely different ways of doing this just like anything else, I guess. But I think number one is making sure that you, you manage expectations um, both for yourself and in your marriage. So, you know, make sure that when you do decide to go into business and you're going to be a work at home mom, you obviously need to have that conversation with your, with your partner. You want to make sure that he understands or she understands that, that you Yes, you're home, but you're not going to be able to complete housework to the to the extent that it was before. Maybe if you were a stay-at-home mom and now you're going to be working. So just those expectations, I think, are really important um, for both parties to, to understand. Because, I mean, you might want to word it like, okay, honey, you know, if I was leaving the house for eight hours a day, nothing would get done right now i am at home but i'm working so yes i might do the dishes or i might like do a load of tour or a load or two of laundry or something but you know things are not going to get done to the same degree as when i was staying at home you know number one um because let's face it we're not going to have time for everything Yeah, no, I'm really glad that you brought up housework because I think that that's the first thing that starts to get put on the back burner as women. We're like, 
well, nobody's, everybody's fed, nobody's dying, so exactly. I feel like it's okay that there's, you know, like, for me, there's puffs all over my floor uh, <laughs> from my baby who is just obsessed with them, and, you know, it's just, it's an easy thing to let go, and yeah. I think it's an, also an easy thing to maybe expect our husbands to pick up on and they don't necessarily see what needs to get done. Sometimes I know my husband always wants a list of like, okay, okay I'll help you, but I'm not sure what to do. And, and that's another thing that I've seen um, being talked about a lot is the, the mental load of, of motherhood, of you know, working at home, motherhood, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, that mental load of having to, like you say, provide your husband with a list of things to do. Um, yeah, you can do it, but that still adds to your plate. So, you know, it would be a great resource for you to maybe just have a master list of things. Like instead of having to list it out for him every week or, you know, every couple of days, like, sweetie, I need you to, um, you know, pick up clothes. I need you to, to clean up the bathroom and I need you to like go get groceries instead of you having to ask him to do that and, and list it out for him every few days, you know, you might want to come up with a system where you have like a list on your fridge that's just a dry erase board or something. And you can have like things that need to get done every week. And then you guys can check it off as you do it. Things that need to get done every couple of days. And then whoever does it checks it off. Something like that, like coming up with a system that works for you, I think is really important. I love that because then it gives you the opportunity to really be co-parenting instead of saying, okay, well, I do this part, you do that part you can really switch off depending on the week. So if I'm out and about and I can pick up groceries, that's fantastic. But if it doesn't get done one week, then, hey, this is your chance to go get the, that cereal that you really like because I'm not the one shopping. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Very fun. Okay, so switching to think about the communication we have with our children, how would you advise the CEO mom in this area, especially when she's at home all day? and possibly has no childcare, especially for those people that are just starting out in business and are trying to get those funds in order to start outsourcing things? Yes. Um, well, as a, I know you said you're, you're an A personality, so you are probably a lot, a lot more um, into schedules and stuff that I am, because I am a, a total B person. Um, I wish, you know, there was daycare from noon to 8 p.m. instead of <laughs> yeah, there you go. five. <laughs> um, again, I think, I think scheduling is, I think it's important and I, you know, intellectually, I know the importance of it and I really want to come up with a schedule that works well for me. Um, right now I have a a little one that's very dependent on me um, doesn't really sleep alone a lot so so you know I try to 
I tried to capitalize on nap times and stuff like that. And, and I think it's, it's just really important to encourage that independent play as well. Um, my three-year-old, for example, he is, he is actually really good at playing by himself. Um, he will, you know, take his trucks and Legos and be, you know, dumping out Legos for an hour at a time. Uh, and I think that's, that's something that's really important for kids to learn as well as to be self-sufficient. Um, so as at the same time that you need a schedule, you also need to make room for that time for them to kind of, kind of, you know, discover themselves and discover what they like doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that independent play is just so important and capitalizing on nap times. <laughs> yeah, well, and next week we actually have somebody who's gonna be talking about creating different stations for how to work at home and have those little stations for them so that they're, they're not just sitting in front of the TV because I definitely am guilty of those days when you're just like, okay, I have 16 meetings today mm -hmm. and I need you to just like chill for a minute and not yeah. make noise. I need you to be quiet and sit still. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's great that your son's able to just play with Legos and get all of that together. Yeah. I mean, but of course there's, you know, that being said, he's great at that. But at the same time, there are days that, you know, he doesn't want to do it at all. So yeah. you have to give yourself grace. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All of this relationship advice is amazing. Can you tell us a little more about the freebie you are providing us and some of the services? So if somebody wants to reach out to you and say, hey, I'm having this issue or I'm having this conflict, um, some of those things that you can provide for them. Yeah. So um, starting with the freebie, it is uh, a very originally named <laughs> 57 um, date, date nights and questions. So I actually originally only did the, the 57 date night ideas so that people could you know have some other things to do than just go out to a dinner and a movie or you know whatever their routine date night is um so i came up with these ideas for people to kind of branch out do something new and exciting and you know keep that keep that excitement kind of going in their relationship that might not that might not um automatically happen when you're married and you have other things to think about than, you know, yeah. figuring out a, a fun date night. So I created that and then, and then I got feedback on it that, you know, maybe people don't really know what to talk about when they go out because we are so used to just talking about logistics, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> childcare, you know, what happened at work? How long do you have to stay at work? Stuff like that. Um, so I came up with these questions as well to kind of facilitate a great conversation while you are out on the date. So, you know, you can go over the list, pick and choose what you want. Um, and I think it's, it's a great goal for you to have or for couples to have um, at least, at least one date night a month where you go out, I mean, I would, 
I would prefer to say a week, but I feel like for a lot of couples, that's, that's unrealistic. So at least once a month that you get to go out and be a couple, kind of rediscover why you fell in love, um, what you like about each other. Oh, I know we watched somebody's kids so that they could go out on a date night and they came home and she's like, oh yeah, now we remember why we liked each other. Exactly. And I was like, that's a really good way to put it, because that's kind of how date night makes you feel of like, oh, I didn't just marry you so that we could like sleep in the same bed occasionally when the kids aren't there. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, decide what to eat for dinner. <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, it's a little bit more exciting. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I, I, I tried to branch out from, you know, just the dinner and and a movie type of date. So yeah, so go grab it, get your ideas, and and uh, and I would love to hear what kind of what kind of date nights make make couples you know happy, and and what um, what type of activities they like to do out on a date, because obviously this is from my perspective and what I've heard from other couples so you know I I always love hearing from couples what they like to do so um and as far as the the services that I offer the uh like I mentioned earlier I not only do the the two-on-one couples coaching but I also offer people if their partner isn't ready to really get into it they can always come to me by themselves and and kind of you know identify what they can what they can do to get it started. So you can do that. And then I'm also actually starting a, uh, starting a, an online group coaching course that um, I have started for military couples. Um, my husband's actually in the Navy. So I, I empathize with those, with those military couples that, that go through a lot of changes and, and kind of, you know, there are some specifics that military couples have to deal with that other couples uh, typically don't. And so I wanted to kind of have this safe space for, um, for group coaching for, for those couples. And how that looks is that um, we'll have a Facebook group where the couples have the support, we'll do um, live Q and A sessions and since everyone in there is military, we'll have that understanding. Um, and then I will, I've, I've been getting some feedback on that as well, um, to include or do another one with civilian couples or regular couples, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> not, that, not that any couple is regular, we're, we're definitely all unique, so. Yeah, but sometimes those shared experience can really help bring you together and really get that understanding yeah. going. Yeah. And it's, it's just easier if you don't have to maybe explain, you know, the acronyms or, or whatever it is that, that military couples are having to deal with. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to kind of specialize um, that group. So that actually is, um, is about to start in a couple of weeks. And then, I will do the civilian one after that. Yes. Um, if you're interested in doing either 
from a military side or a civilian side, we will have um, Hilda's information in the show notes so that if you want to reach out to her and say, hey, this is something that I definitely want to be a part of, then she can get you on her list to make sure that she's getting in contact with you for all of that too. Yeah, and that way I can send out information when, um, when the doors open for registration and, uh, you know, just kind of guide you which, um, which way would be best for you if it's group coaching, if it's one-on-one and what you're comfortable with as well because um, not everyone maybe wants to be in a group coaching session. Um, so that's just, that's really based on the individual or the couple and their comfort level. So those are, those are the, the main services that I provide. And then I, like you mentioned earlier in the intro, I'm also a certified mediator. So what that means is that I can, I can meet with you if you're disputing over a certain topic or if there's something that you're not able to um, get through on your own. Um, I can meet, we, meet with you for just a session or two and try to get to get to the bottom of that and, and reach an agreement. So yeah, those are fantastic services because I know that there's always going to be that one thing that couples can agree on that it's always good to have somebody outside of themselves talk about and having a lot of different experiences like being in the military, being a mom who owns a business and stays at home and things like that you have a really unique perspective that not all counselors and mediators are going to have. But I really appreciate your time today and getting to know you some more and really getting to understand what you do. Um, so I'm really excited to hear what you guys think of today's episode. And if there's any of those questions or date nights that you came up with or that you do normally that are not on Hilder's list, we would both love to hear those because you never know we might be able to add those to her list for other couples to help them along in their communication journey, as well as actually going out on date nights, which I know not all of us actually do. So I <laughs> encourage you to at least start doing that once a month with your partner so that you can really remember why you started to love them in the first place and why you have kids together and why you're in this whole crazy starting a business since most of us started our businesses because of our kids. So I thank you a ton for being here, Hilder. And um, if you have any questions for her, please reach out to her. We'll have all of her information in the show notes for you. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from you guys as well. And uh, I really appreciate you having me. Um, it's always fun talking about your business and, and uh, what makes you tick. So it's been great. Okay, perfect. Well, have a fantastic day, guys, and we look forward to seeing and hearing from you next time. Thanks again for hanging out with us on the Matters of Motherhood podcast. Next week, we are going to be talking about how to be a productive mompreneur with the kids at home, with summer coming up, all of the things that have to do with getting your business done while there's distractions around you. Kai Hernandez is going to come join us and talk to us about the best ways that we can be productive and actually get stuff done on a daily basis in our business. So we cannot wait to see you next week.